Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. You are listening to This Week Again. I'm your host, Suzanne Posel. We're going to start off this show with Hollywood Studios being a dick to trees. Move on to Marjorie Taylor Greene revealing her favorite porn pics during a congressional hearing, as well as 12 fake electors getting arrested, and follow all of that up with the outrage over Jason Aldean and Barbie. Let's begin, shall we? I know I said it on my last show, but this summer is fucking hot. And that's not just my perimetopausal brain complaining about being cooked alive in the time it takes for me to walk less than 250 feet from my parked car to the grocery store. The summer of 2023 is actually fucking hot. 72 million Americans are under heat alerts right now across 15 states from California to Florida with no end in sight. Las Vegas pushing towards new record highs. In Miami, an excessive heat warning, a real feel of 105. Portions of southern Florida, we're looking at temperatures once again into the triple digits. In the southeast, if you're not going to be into the triple digits, you factor in the humidity, it will feel like over 100, even over 110 in some spots. So this morning, 13 states under heat alert, 73 million Americans still Still dealing with some really dangerous heat. Today will be the 19th straight day of 110 degree plus temperatures here in Phoenix. Record breaking heat. Okay, okay, we get it. It's summertime. In Arizona, hospitals are filling up with locals and tourists who aren't keen on becoming extra crispy thanks to the triple digit temperatures. The excessive heat is also making California wildfires hotter and harder to handle. While in Florida, coral reefs just can't take it anymore and would love nothing more than to get out of the kitchen. But that's not going to happen since the coral reefs are underwater and the water is a minimum of 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Not the best time of year, if you ask me, to be walking back and forth in a picket line outside the gilded gates of a Hollywood studio, but what can you do? Writers and actors need a living wage, so they are braving blood-boiling temperatures for the future of their livelihood, striking against corporate greed, and just hoping for the kindness of a shady tree or two to help them keep going. And that's when NBC Universal executives put their foot down and said, no shade for you. NBC Universal is now under investigation by the city of Los Angeles for trimming the trees outside of their studio lot. The city controller tweeted that the trimmed trees are LA city managed trees. According to the LA Times, the WGA and SAG-AFTRA also accused NBC Universal of disrupting their picketing efforts by blocking sidewalks. So we don't know who made the order. In fact, we can't find any work orders done for this particular tree trimming, which is problematic. Normally you don't trim until October. Universal claiming the tree trimming is done every year at this time in preparation for the upcoming high wind season. So NBC Universal, in all of their grand wisdom, decided that now, in the midst of a PR nightmare over fair wages, residuals, and using AI in the most terrifying way since Arnold Schwarzenegger decided to show up naked under a bridge in 1984, the studios are now going to add being addicted to trees and picket lines to their list of evil accomplishments. Seriously. 
trimming trees to make a strike even more miserable than it already is is definitely some super villain level shit. But don't fear, because the city of Los Angeles is here and they're preparing to find the studio $1,000 per tree and an additional $250 per violation. And I know, I know what you're going to say. That's not a lot of money for a corporation that can afford to pay their CEOs tens of millions of dollars a year, but at least it's some type of accountability, which isn't happening at all on Capitol Hill if you're good at criming while pulling a political stunt in public. You've got competition with the prehistoric Liberty Twatsi from Georgia, Mad Troglodyte Gaslighter. At a recent congressional hearing for the House Oversight and Accountability Committee, where IRS whistleblowers were being questioned about anything but pornography, the Confederate howler monkey committed a crime when she propped up explicit pictures of Hunter Biden having sex. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene held up photos of a nude Hunter Biden during a committee hearing. This was during a hearing questioning two IRS whistleblowers. I would like to present this to the committee. This is showing Hunter Biden paying for a victim's United flight from LA to Dulles. He flew her from Los Angeles to Washington, flew her back to uh, Los Angeles, California. When Hunter Biden paid for this woman to do this with him, to travel across state lines from California to Washington, D.C. on June 15th. This is a violation of the Mann Act. This was prostitution. Hey, maggots, I think you got to come get your Neanderthal before she commits any more crimes. It's ironic enough that alleged January 6th pipe bomber has a seat on any congressional committee with the words oversight and accountability in the title. But committing revenge porn live on C-SPAN has got to be crossing some sort of line somewhere. And as a side note, where did the Jewish space laser expert get her disturbingly manly hands on those pictures? I know this peachy clan mom has a habit of sharing classified information with the public and hanging out with the still not charged sex trafficking minor Mr. Matt Gates. So I'm sure that she's very familiar with how prostitution works. I just can't shake the feeling that the first lady of Al-Qaeda brought her personal porn collection to work with her and decided to play show and tell with her favorite pics from her presidential son collection. And while we're discussing the audacity of the Republican Party, 16 voting members recently learned that, hey, fake it till you make it doesn't actually apply to U.S. elections. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel today announcing felony charges against the 16 Michigan Republicans who falsely claimed to be the state's presidential electors back in 2020, all part of a plot aimed at keeping Donald Trump in office. Two of the defendants were Republican Party officials at the time, including the head of the Republican Party in Michigan. They did sign papers saying they were elected, saying that they were the rightful state electors when they were not, and they knew they were not, so that they could go forward to the Senate and present a different outcome, that Donald Trump had been elected by the state of Michigan. Each of the 16 defendants have been charged with 
conspiracy to commit forgery, which carries a maximum sentence of 14 years, and conspiracy to commit election law forgery, which carries a maximum sentence of five years. Well, well, well. Apparently in Michigan, the criminal justice system is represented by a boss bitch brunette with the most impressive investigation team this side of the mystery machine because this case is thorough. They talked to everyone at this super secret fake electors meet and greet at the Michigan Republican Party headquarters where all 16 future felons signed a document that would allow Michigan's AG to take their freedom, depending on which way the judge actually rules. For now, let's hear all about it from the woman of the hour, Michigan AG, Dana Nessel. We allege that 16 Michigan residents met covertly in the basement of Michigan GOP headquarters and knowingly and of their own volition signed their names to multiple certificates stating that they were the duly elected and qualified electors for president and vice president of the United States of America for the state of Michigan. That was a lie. They carried out these actions with the hope and belief that the electoral votes of Michigan's 2020 election would be awarded to the candidate of their choosing instead of the candidate that Michigan voters actually chose. These defendants may have believed the now long debunked myths of vote tampering or ballot dumps. They may have felt compelled to follow the call to action from a president they held fealty to. They may have even genuinely believed that this was their patriotic duty. But none of those reasons or feelings provide legal justification to violate the law and upend our constitution and our nation's traditions of representative government, self-determination, and a government by the people. I suggest after you're finished listening to this show, you go read it yourself. Because this criminal indictment reads like the expose of a last-ditch effort by 2020's biggest loser to remain quarter-pounder commando and permanent resident of the White House. So here we have 16 maggots rounded up and given alternative facts about who Michigan actually voted for. Spoiler alert, it was Joe. They signed their own names to certificates with a member of the Big Lebowski's administration on hand to make sure everything went according to plan. And it was that attention to detail, coupled with the fact that Republicans are notorious for leaving a crime trail that Hansel and Gretel would be jealous of, because no one ever accused these people of thinking things all the way through, which is just the right amount of plausible deniability Republicans need to justify anything, like participating in a fake elector scheme designed to steal the 2020 election from Joe Biden. For example, fake elector and cryptkeeper stunt double Michelle Lundgren is older than shit at 73, which means she should know better. But just as you'd expect, this entitled maggot swears she was duped. Roll tape. We were duped. We were told to come. They needed us. And we went and we were, we were, we were given cake and coffee. We were called by a member of the Republican Party. Be sure you come. We really your help. I asked if my husband could come in. They said no, no outsiders. And that became very alarming to me. This was kind of suspicious. We signed a 
sign-in sheet with our names. It fits right into the real elector ballot. We walked to the Capitol building with, it's all in news, it's all in Google, with attorney Ian Northam, a Trump attorney, and we were not allowed in the building. The scam was bigger than all of us. Oh, Michelle, no, no. (laughs) Honey, you were not duped. As a two-time Trump voter who was completely aware of his big lie about having won the 2020 election, you were excited. You knew exactly what you were doing. And this crackpot defense you have claiming that your signature was somehow copied onto a fake elector sign-in sheet when you already admitted to signing your name on that same sign-in sheet when you first arrived at the Republican Party headquarters. Come on, Michelle. (laughs) You may be, but you can't expect anyone else to believe, to be dumb enough to take you at your word when the Michigan Attorney General has proof, actual proof otherwise. And if we're going to be honest, you are terrified of spending the rest of your miserable life in prison. And since we already know You'll say anything if you think it will benefit you. Let's just call this consequences chasing you right now. And while we're on the subject of karma, there's nothing more deserving of condemnation than a cowardly white man with more than his fair share of audacity. Country music star Jason Aldean is defending his controversial music video after it was pulled from rotation on CMT, tweeting, there is not a single lyric in the song that references race or points to it. Critics accused it of promoting violence. The video, which features clips of street violence that spread across the USA in the wake of the George Floyd case, promotes gun violence. The song is racist and claim the video is pro-lynching. The building shown in the video, the Maury County Courthouse, where a young black man was lynched by a white mob in 1927. Ultra-white, guitar-waving, barely country music-singing Jason Aldean was born in the state with the second most lynchings committed with 531 and counting, has been clear, very clear, about a few things of late. He and his box-color blonde trophy wife are very fine people who support the overbronzed gourd and have made a living grifting off the poorly educated Republican voters who dream of an America under the Orange Reich. Seriously, Mrs. Aldean makes a killing being a maggot influencer, as if that is a thing that should exist. So these two can clutch their pearls all they want, bless their hearts. But the rest of us know a dog whistle when we hear one, even if it's accompanied by music composed on an elementary school level. Oh, and when it comes to tough Confederate Jay confronted with a gun, with a guy at a concert, just Google Jason Aldean Las Vegas shooting. That coward ran off stage with his tail between his legs while his fans were being shot down by the shooter because I guess the town of Las Vegas isn't small enough for him to give a shit about. Or perhaps singing a tough guy song isn't the same thing as actually being a tough guy. 
And while we're discussing how fragile the white Christian ego is, Fox, Not A News Channel, and various other right-wing propagandists have been snowflaking hard over this Barbie movie. Roll tape. This is really designed for the eyes of the Chinese censors, and they're trying to kiss up to the Chinese Communist Party. This movie is most insidious <laughs> packaging of feminist cliches and trans grooming that you have ever seen. There's all kinds of Barbies in the movie. Dr. Barbie, played by trans actor Hari Neff. They couldn't get a woman to play a doctor. One character come out, and she's holding the high heel, and she's holding the Birkenstock, and she says, you have to make a choice. I'm like, oh, I kind of see, like, a biblical reference here where the <laughs> serpent is saying, you can either choose to know all. Apparently, it's PG-13. It's full of suggestive humor. One of Barbie's main three sidekicks is, surprise, surprise, a man. I mean, is nothing sacred? There are a number of Barbie characters in the movie. However, all the male characters in Barbie world are simply called Ken. <laughs> so it's pretty clear where this movie is going. This is an assault on not just Ken, but all men. Ah, oh, your God. I cannot believe I have to defend Barbie. But here we are. First off, Barbie never has been, isn't now, and never will be a Christian conservative upholding white supremacist values. See, it may come as a shock to all you crockpot Karens out there, but Barbie was created by a Jewish woman named Ruth Handler back in 1959. According to Ruth, she did it for the sole purpose of making sure that, quote, young girls could use them as projections of their future selves. End quote. In other words, Barbie is just a template intended to be altered so that girls can play with representations of who they really are, which is why having a trans woman play Dr. Barbie makes perfect sense because they're using Barbie as their creator envisioned. And just because Barbie comes in a plethora of varieties does not mean that men are being assaulted. It just means in Barbie land, the men are all Ken and the women are all Barbie, except for Skipper, of course, because she's a child and apparently Ken doesn't understand what the phrase age of consent actually means. Kind of like in the real world, how Pastor Ken Adkins down in Florida was recently sentenced to 35 years in prison for child pornography just a couple of years back. And Hey, while we're on the subject of the total embarrassment Fox and the right-wing media in general has become, the Never Was a News channel gave Schmucker Lyerson's old primetime slot to the Patrick Bateman of inappropriate television, Mr. Jesse Waters. And in case you're wondering, Sewer Waters is so happy to have Pucker Anelson's old desk. He's invited his mother onto his brand new show for a live, relatable moment that just went sideways real quick. <laughs> See, the mother of this manscaped joker is a Democrat and bleeding heart AF. Something you'd think Rectal Waters would know since he's probably the reason why he's no longer invited to any of the future family functions. But thanks to Conspiracy Ken's hubris, we got the funniest mom lecture ever caught on television. Roll tape. We have a very special guest on the line, a Democrat 
My mom, how have you um, enjoyed the show so far? I want to say congratulations, Honey Bun. We are so proud of you. <laughs> I do have some suggestions. Okay. Do not tumble into any conspiracy rabbit hole. We need you to be kind and respectful. Okay. Use your voice responsibly. There really has been enough Biden bashing, and the laptop <laughs> is old. You could suggest that your people take less interest, for example, in other people's bodies. Mom... I I, I love you. Wait, I was, wait, wait. I, I knew this was a bad idea. Seek solution. Okay. You could encourage that Bedminster friend of yours to return to his earlier career on television. Everyone in his audience could wear a red hat. Be we got to go, Mom. This is just like how things are at home. I All love right. you. Bye. <laughs> oh, how did that lovely woman give birth to such a dragon society? Needless to say, we now have a glimpse into Thanksgiving at the Waters, and I have to say this new reality show on Fox definitely sucks. Don't get me wrong, watching a half-baked potato get lectured by his mother in front of the entire class is totally awesome, but the fact that he was raised in a home with empathetic values and still turned out as he did is depressing. I mean, I've got two teenage girls myself, and I know all about that immature, rebellious stereotype of kids doing the opposite of whatever their parents told them to do because they know better and they actually don't know shit. Like, Jism Waters <laughs> took that childhood phase and made it into a lifestyle brand, and it definitely shows. And that's all I have to say about that. New episodes of This Week Again air every Sunday, and you can follow us on social media wherever you can find us on Twitch. This Week Again is available for your listening pleasure on Spotify, iHeart, Audible, basically wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to this show, and to Dur for now.